Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Jody Padar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here's your host, Jody Padar. Welcome back. I'm Jody Padar, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical, and we are live at the AICPA Engage event in Las Vegas um, at the MGM Grand. And uh, our next segment, we have our sponsors, First Global here, and we're talking all about um, content marketing. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, We have our guests who have been here with us all day, and they're old pros now. So it's going to be a good segment because what's my favorite thing to do? Uh, market, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm quite the marketer. So um, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about how um, wealth management firms can differentiate themselves from a marketing perspective? I guess you um, you're, you have a, a whole plan and sure. a strategy around it? Sure. Well, yeah, let's not get that far <laughs> down the road. But I do think... I, I do think there's a couple ways that firms uh, can really differentiate themselves with marketing. And I think it, it really is based on you know, identifying what those core differentiators are to the specific audience. So if you're talking to um, you know, a group of dentists, you know, what are the specific things that, that dissatisfiers that dentists have in their, their current financial plan or the current needs that they have? So um, instead of just saying, well, we, we cater to high net worth individuals, well, that really means nothing to no one. Um, and so you really need to, well, we cater to high net worth individuals who are, have a trust fund that they inherited from their grandfather. That, I mean, that's a little bit more specific, but at least it's something that can help. So, um, but that's sort of at the top of the pyramid. I think at the, at the bottom of the pyramid, what really starts is starting with client expectations. So, um, you know, you, you don't have time as your firm grows, you don't have time to communicate in contact with all of your firms to get all of your clients together, clients and prospects. So we generally try to chop them up into your, your AAA clients, your, your AA clients, and so on and so on. I think most people will stop there. And I think that that's really a mistake because you're, you're, you're really just building that initial foundation. If you look on top of that, um, I think there's sort of four... You could call them personas, but I really want to call them life stages because persona is a word that seems to be getting thrown around a lot more these days. Um, and I, I sort of think there's four main life stages that each firm deals with. One is the retirement, de- the people in retirement that are decumulating assets. So it's mostly about legacy planning, mostly about you know living on an income, figuring out where the charitable assets goes and how to how to give that to the next generation of their family. Um, then there's the about to retire people. So those are the people that. Um, you know, the planning is really critical because they're in their last earning years and they need to make, you know, maximize uh, the most of their decisions. Um, the next one is what I would call is the high, the high income earners. So the people that are generally between 40 to 55 that are probably at the, making the most money today in cash flow that they'll be making in their entire career. And so, you know, they, that money can go away real quickly um, if they don't have the right plan in place to manage that cash flow. And then there's the last one is where my, the stage that my wife and I are at now, where it's starting a family, you know, a married couple, starting a family and really trying to set that foundation to move forward. And each of those four really need to have a specific message given to them and be marketed to a specific way because our needs are very different. Um, you know, some sandy-haired people on a beach holding a glass of wine is, is not a message that's going to really att- uh, you know, attract to me um, or my audience. Um, and so how does, how does somebody connect to that? Then, so that's the next stage of the pyramid. Um, on top of that is I re- what I really think is sort of offensive and defensive strategies. And what I'm really talking about that is 
serving your, surveying your clients and actually giving feedback from them and reacting upon it. So unfortunately, a lot of firms don't, don't survey their clients on satisfaction. So they don't right. survey their clients if they're happy with the service they're being given. They're just assuming that they are. And what, what, what happens is the client gets dissatisfied and is dissatisfied for a bit of time and then ends up leaving without ever saying anything. So the, the first time they hear they're dissatisfied is when the client's walking out the door. Um, and just by doing some simple, you know, on point of sale surveys with clients or point of service sales surveys with clients, um, we use a tool called Client Heartbeat is what we recommend a lot of our firms use. It's relatively cheap and can sort of systematically uh, send out surveys, which we think works well. And then the last one is niche. And I think um, the niche is where you find those key differentiators. So if you serve, say, four different niches, then you need to have your differentiators within the four niches. And I know David's got some good thoughts on the importance of niche and what, how it sort of can help set you apart. I do want to add one thing, going back to the word that maybe can't be spoken. Um, so I, I do think the idea of a persona d does help inside the firm, not necessarily for marketing, but to make a translation between the people in the firm offering the firm's core services and the ancillary services of the firm, these diversifying services. In our world, that's wealth management. What you've got typically in the conversation is the expert financial advisor and the expert CPA, tax practitioner, audit partner. And the personas help translate between what an ideal client is for these other diversifying services of the firm. So merely using an ideal client profile isn't enough. You've got to be able to tell, I don't know, six, eight or so stories about what a real client of your wealth management firm or of your technology consulting practice or what that person actually looks like. So the partner making the referral can actually see them. And I think that's where personas work, not necessarily for marketing, but for the internal referral. Well, and the thing is too, is I've been thinking about it a lot in our own firm and thinking about how I'm going to blog. And I'm thinking about coming of it, at it from the perspective of your daughter, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there's the stages, right? But then even within those stages, it's the personality of who you're going to talk to, especially when you get into content marketing and you're speaking directly to a person. And so if you blog from the perspective of your daughter, then um, the people who identify with that, right, are going to connect to it and they're going to say, oh yeah, she gets me, right? right? Absolutely. And so I think too, you have to take it even to a more personal level because I just think that, um, that we don't do a good job marketing because we don't think about it, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the firms are not necessarily in a stage yet enough where they can be as discerning uh, around their clientele as they'd like to be, right? So a firm will probably start off with less discernment in who their clients are and end up with more discernment over time. And those, that lack of discernment in the early stages is what causes that net to be cast super wide. And if the firm doesn't change that behavior as they grow, they're going to end up with a marketing strategy that is far too wide for the very, very specific services they're trying to provide or the ideal clients or the personalities of individuals. And that's, to me, where a big part of the disconnect begins. Right. And then I think the other side of that, too, is then what do you do once you have those clients, right? Because now you have this firm that you talk to everyone and you really talk to no one, right? right? And, and as you go online, it becomes, I think, even more critical, right, Ryan? Because, like, how are you going to talk to them online? Because that's going to be where you're going to reach them is going to be different than, you know, if they're not online, right? Sure. So I think the, the, the typical marketing strategy for a financial advisor would be, well, I send out a monthly or quarterly newsletter about the market. Um, it's really not customized or personalized to the audience, and it just gives information and gets myself in front of them. And I don't, 
I don't know if that's necessarily the best strategy. Um, that's sort of the old hat strategy, or the non-radical right. strategy. Um, but I do think there is, you do definitely need to talk to your clients, the current ones, and not just prospects, because I think a lot of the mistakes that people make when their marketing plans come together is they're solely focused on bringing in new clients or bringing in new prospects, and they're forgetting about serving the ones that are already there. And if you're only focused on the front door, not all the people that are leaving out the back, um, I think you can end up having, you know, 10% growth that's negated by 8% um, right. attrition isn't going get to you, get you much right. help for your firm. Yeah, I mean, ba back to the idea of the niche strategies that Ryan had brought up. F from our perspective, and I I'm going to focus this in wealth management, although I acknowledge that this is actually bigger than wealth management. But at least in this space, it, it's it, today, the the advi providing advice, I think, is becoming commoditized. I think lots of firms are in a space where they're saying, we offer comprehensive financial planning and comprehensive advice to our clients. And there was a point in time where that was differentiating. And today, I think it's increasingly becoming price to play. So the question after that is, well, what's the next, what's the next phase of what this um, differentiating strategy looks like? What's the next phase of advice? And in my mind, it's figuring out for the firm, what can we be, I don't know, top quartile or top decile in the state or nation at? Uh, because a lot of firms are trying to figure out marketing strategies, but they don't know who they are yet or who they serve uniquely. Right. So when it comes time to deciding what they're going to market or what content they're going to put on their website, it becomes overly generic. It's not their own. It's, and that's not an attractor, right? So you've got to put yourself as a firm in a position where people are discovering you online, discovering you digitally. And you'll know you've done this successfully when people start coming to you as opposed to you going to them, right? And you know this extremely well because you've done this very well. And it's not until the point of a firm figuring out what can we be best in the state or nation at that content marketing strategies can work. So I, their, their firms are in the very early stages, I think, of trying to figure this out. F five years from now, the firms that haven't figured it out are going to get merged away. Right. Well, because I think too many people, referrals are absolutely important. However, content marketing creates referrals. And Correct. that's what people don't understand because they think that, oh, like a referral is has to be a, a person referring another person as opposed to uh, a person who saw some piece of content online who then refers it to mm -hmm. another person, right? Because they think it's all in real life. And in today's world, it's not in real life. Most of it is online referrals. And I think there's some ancillary benefits to creating content and telling the stories in two ways. One, you get better at telling the story. So if you're telling the story of a, a case study that you worked with a client or somebody the, as, we, as you write that story out, you get a little bit better each time you tell it. And so it's something that's sort of solidified and green, you know, can last for two years, three years, whatever. There's also um, almost a continuing education aspect of it. If you're writing an article on estate planning, um, you're going to do some research to it. You know, you're going to find some studies. You're going to find some other things that are, com that are current um, that are going to help sort of build that knowledge as well. Because so I think those are two things if you really dedicate yourself to the strategy that you can benefit maybe just not in, um, from the direct client acquisition standpoint. Cool. So um, we have to go to break, but this has been a phenomenal uh, interview with you guys talking all about content marketing. So stay tuned and we'll be back with more interviews at live at AICPA Engage.
First Global was founded by CPAs who believe that accounting and tax professionals are uniquely qualified to add value to their existing client relationships by offering comprehensive wealth management services. First Global believes the time is now for one of America's most trusted professions to rise up and show the world the power of true CPA financial planning. When you partner with First Global, you can be more to your clients. Play large by unleashing the power of wealth management and let go of the idea that someone else knows what's best for your clients. Visit First Global at 1stglobal.com.